What is up and welcome to another episode of the All Basketball Podcast. And once again, I'm your host, Maurice Dixon. We got another preview coming this evening on um, October the 20th. It's going to the college level uh, with head coach Burton, Burton Uwaro. Oh, Lord. <laughs> There's a tug for the coach. Coach Uwaro from Bob Jones University, South Carolina in Greensville. By the way, of Greensville. Um, how you doing this evening, Coach? Good, Maurice. Thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, definitely good. Um, for all you who don't know, uh, me and Coach crossed paths when he was um, coaching high school here in the um, Metro Atlanta area years ago, and um, but he's moved on to the college ranks now. So we see that uh, been able to keep in touch with social media and everything, and um seems like he's he's been doing well at, at, at the at that level like i said the fifth fifth season um coach i guess first what first i want to ask you um based off of that just what what was the transition like um i know it was some time ago but the transition going from a private high school to a, a, a university setting with with the sports well, you know, when you come to a new setting like that, uh, it's it's not about the basketball. The X's and O's don't change a whole lot. It's all the off the court stuff, just learning compliance guidelines, um, learning how to, you know, in high school, everybody pretty much has the same schedule. They get out of school at the same time and it's pretty regimented, but when you're working with college athletes, you're really trying to get two full-time jobs. They got to be a full-time college athlete and a full-time student. And so you've got to work some of the basketball workouts and strength workouts and all that kind of stuff in with what fits best for them versus what you were able to do. You know, at high school where practice is pretty much the same time every day. So those things took a little bit of getting used to, but you know, when I, when I took over the program, I had a, a senior laden group and they really helped the adjustment and we were able to uh, win the conference championship my first year and get all the way to the national championship game where we lost by a bucket. And so the things that were, were tough at first, um, you know, ended up going by the wayside and we were able to accomplish a lot. We had the most wins ever in program history my first year and then uh, we were able to go on a 15-game winning streak, which is the longest winning streak in, streak in program history. So it was an adjustment, but by the time we got to playing at uh, playing at our level, it went pretty well. Okay, good to know. Some great accomplishments you guys um, reached there. What uh, I guess before before I get my other questions, I, it just came to mind the new um, name, image, and likeness. Does that come into play where you are or was that just the NCAA? It, it does and you know my athletes were D3 and uh, people might think that D3 athletes don't have an opportunity to to make a, you know to profit off of their name image and likeness but they do it's it's at a different level than maybe some D1 athletes maybe a a Duke or Kentucky player, but they have the opportunity to do that. I'm glad you asked that. My my assistant coach, Tony Miller, 
Uh, he's a good follow on on Twitter and YouTube and all of that. But he he teaches sports marketing here at our school, and so you know what we've been saying to our recruits and to our own players is, yeah, you can go to D three; they can read the same rule book and all of that. But you actually have people on your staff and our program who can who can help you profit off of that, and so. Uh, you know, maybe at a later date, I can give you some examples of what some of our guys are doing. But, you know, we, I've got guys on my team that have their own production company. I've got guys that are, um, you know, modeling and doing that type of stuff, mm-hmm. stuff that I wouldn't have, uh, stuff that John wouldn't, didn't, wasn't facing. I'm facing a little bit of that kind of stuff now. <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good question, though, because. Uh, people would think that it would not apply to anybody but D1, but it does apply to everybody in the NCAA. And really, you're seeing D1 schools handle it differently. Some of them show that they would put a lot of thought and planning into it, and some haven't. Um, some have just rejected it, say that they wish it wouldn't happen. And so because that's their thought process, uh, you know, every thought or choice you have has consequences to it. And you can see the consequences of a program not thinking that it's important, but, you know, we're looking for every opportunity uh, to have an advantage in recruiting. And so that's something that we started applying to our recruiting class really for next year is, is how we can help you with that. Great question. Okay, th- thanks a lot. Um, um, it just happened to pop in my head. Um, Cause I, did, I don't have it in my notes here directly, but, um, it just popped in my head, but as far as as far as last season, um, we were just getting to the pandemic. Uh, just go through go through that with me. How um how you guys had to adjust? And just looking back on, even though the pandemic is still going on, but you know your season cut to thirteen games and just really really a really awkward season. Just talk to me about how you guys navigated that. Yeah, well, we're really big on focusing on what we can control and not what we can't control. And a lot of coaches say that, and there are a lot of programs that follow that. But I don't think any program, any, you know, any part of athletics was really challenged to put that into practice more than they were last year. And so, you know, we had to get up in the morning. we had to get up really early in the morning and, and before classes even started. So, you know, our seasons during the winter, it's cold out. We had to get up and, you know, get nasal swabs and get all the testing. We had to get tested multiple times a week. And, um, you know, it's that's not anything that anybody signed up for, but you can choose to have a good attitude or a bad attitude about it. You can choose to let it defeat you or you can choose to say, listen, there's a lot of people who are confined to wheelchairs or something like that, where they would love the opportunity to have to complain about getting a nasal swab to be able to practice. And so I tried to frame things that way is, let's look at what we have an opportunity to do. There are people around us dying or or are bedridden because of COVID and we get a chance to be here. So let's just, whenever we're together let's appreciate the time that we have if there's a time where we get put on quarantine then we'll just use that as an opportunity to rest and get get ahead on our classes and we'll just we're going to look for the opportunity um it may sound kind of cheesy but the chinese symbol for crisis is all also the chinese symbol for opportunity 
And I, I use that a lot and just said, you know, it's, it's a crisis or it's an opportunity and let's look for the opportunity in it. And so we were able to start playing and we had uh, we had a normal, pretty normal start to the season um, as far as practicing in the preseason and then going into games. And but it became really abnormal really quickly playing. Uh, playing with no fans uh, or anything in the building was the first abnormality. And then um, then we had our first COVID positive. We had uh, holidays, things like that. And so through a combination of COVID positives and other things that went on, we had 10 straight weeks where we weren't together, 10 straight weeks of not playing. And then we had to come back to finish out our season. And uh, last year was the youngest team in our program's history. And so for a young team to have to go through that, you know, it wasn't fun while we were going through that. But I believe that, you know, people that went through the Great Depression, people that have lived during the time of war and all of that, the youth that, that go through things at that time, they usually end up maturing quicker just because they have to. They have to make some different choices. They have to live under different constraints. And so I really believe that I had a, a group of mature guys by the end of the year. Okay, good good to know. Um, so as, as far as this upcoming season, I see you, you guys will be starting um, early next month as the season gets underway. Um, what are just some of your expectations and goals for you set before the team? Well, that, you know, you you interviewed me a lot when I was there in Georgia, and um, you know, people you can go back and look at some of the people that I scheduled. I I schedule really really tough. I've never been too concerned with my own personal win win loss record. Uh, I've been more concerned with postseason success and, you know, at different places I've been, I've been fortunate enough to win, win seven championships, but my win-loss record isn't that great. And so I, I've tried to carry that here. You know, we, during the month of November, all the way till we get through Thanksgiving, we are playing, uh, we're playing four D1s, we're playing some really tough teams. And, you know, most of the D1s we play have been, uh, have been in the NCAA tournament or they end up playing in the NCAA tournament the year that we play them. And so we we're not just playing uh, the lowest of D1s. We're playing some pretty good ones. So we start off with Wofford. Uh, then we go to Charleston Southern, Georgia Southern, and then we play Presbyterian. And so, you know, I put that every year I put that we do uh, a schedule like that. I put that uh, in our players' notebooks. The month of November, I just basically put as boot camp because boot camp is meant to be tougher than reality. It's meant to prepare you for battle and it's meant to either make you or break you. And the people who grow closer together through trials and through tough circumstances, um, you know, end up being really tough to deal with down the road. And the people who break at the first sign of adversity, you know, that's how their season's going to go. And so I, I, I challenge us, you know, we play on the road almost the entire month of November and we play against really good competition. And I really feel like with the transfers we have, with the maturity that was gained last year and all of that, once we get to playing at our level, we'll be a seasoned group of guys. And I think we'll be very competitive. And I, 
you know, our goal is to win our conference this year. And then if we win our conference, we get an automatic bid to the to the national tournament. So that's our focus right now. That's really our only goal right now is is winning our conference championship. Okay. Is there anything specifically you would like to see the guys do better this season that they necessarily didn't accomplish last season? Uh, X's and O's wise, I would just say uh, transition defense. You know, when you're, especially when you start off playing Division One teams, they're they're going to have multiple six eight, six ten, seven foot guys, and and we don't have any of those. And you know, they're we basically in games like that, we basically get one good shot on offense, and so our shot selection really determines our success in games like that and, and how close we can keep the score. And so I would want to see really our defensive transition start with our good shot selection and then um, being able to to have them face our five as many possessions as possible. I don't want to get in, in very many outnumbering situations. You know, if we're going to be in transition a lot, I want us to be back there. I don't want them to be able to have any breakaway dunks and really get the crowd into it. I really want us to to go five on five as much as possible. And if we're able to do that against the Division One teams, I, I really feel like when people have to face our defense, we've got one of the, the top defenses um, at our level. Uh, the problem last year was is people didn't have to face our, our five on five very often. We were in transition way too much. And so I really want to lower the amount of time where we're in outnumbered situations this year. Okay. Not not a bad plan there. Um talk to me about some of your guys such as Devin Dean. I see he's got some um preseason conference um buzz with them and some of your other guys. Oh, he was your leading scorer last season. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a couple of guys there from Georgia. Devin's not. Devin's from down in Charleston, but uh, Devin was heavily recruited by a lot of D two schools, and he broke his wrist his senior year. And I was, as far as I know, I was the only coach that stayed with him and uh, kept recruiting him, even though he wasn't able to come work out. He wasn't able to do. Uh, some of our our elite camp stuff and all of that. I, I knew enough about him that I wanted him here. And uh, Devin's really progressed. Um, you know, he's really changed his physique. He came back this year in the best shape of his life. Uh, his teammate was uh, Michael Dukes, who's at, who's at Clemson right now. He could have gone D1 in either football or basketball. He chose to go football. But Devin has some good high school teammates. And He's got another high school teammate of his that transferred this year. He had been at Erskine and then Newberry and then transferred here. So Devin's got his old backcourt mate from Charleston uh, that transferred in. That'll be his first year here. I have two young men that have transferred from from the Grange. They were down from uh, Ludawisi, Georgia, which is down near Savannah, in between Savannah and like uh, where Georgia Southern is in Statesboro. And so uh, they were two men that I recruited originally, and you know sometimes recruiting doesn't work out the first time. Uh, but if you if you have a good relationship in recruiting and and all of that, I, I can't tell you how many people have have come here as their plan B and really thrived here once they've gotten here. And that's where both of those young young men are. Um, and I've got uh, 
only one senior, Daniel Fuller. He uh, right when we came back last year after that after that ten week break, he he was our leading scorer and he blew out his knee and he had a he had to recover and so. Uh, we hope to have him by game one. We may not have him ready by game one, but he should be ready in November. And then Hayes Brush and Eli Couples are two classmates of Devon's. They all come in at the same time, and I believe they'll be really good, uh, really good additions. They were very close to getting postseason awards too last year. Okay, so definitely some 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 talent there. Uh, as, as far as your you were, I guess, perfect. End up perfect in conference, and you did right. advance to you advanced to the tournament, right? Yeah, we advanced to the semifinals. Um, we lost in double overtime. Uh, we we lost. Uh, we basically had an eight man rotation. Um, we had one one young man that wasn't able to play for the rest of the year and then two two of those young men one of them i just mentioned blew out his knee and the other one uh a young man from conyers georgia he uh he messed up his ankle and so we were really really thin and playing a playing a double overtime game really got us and so i think we lost by if i remember correctly we lost by four points in double overtime to go to the conference championship so so we were right there and the week before, um, we had played the eventual national champion, and we had we had played them really, really well. I think we were down three with a minute left, and uh, so I think even with all the adversity and injuries that we had, and we didn't like what losing, ending our season in double overtime. If you look at the whole picture, I feel like we were really, really close to getting to the conference championship. Uh, games like that there's always just one or two plays that need to go your way and and they didn't go our way that day okay uh also seeing your schedule you play one of the teams not too far from me Oglethorpe, which played a neutral site do you ever play like there or here at here at their gym or is it always neutral uh we haven't um we haven't played there yet we were supposed to play last year and one or the other of us had had COVID issues so uh the only time we played them before was at a uh, a classic tournament at at Berry College there in Georgia so that was two years ago so we haven't played them in a couple years but um you know they run a good program obviously I'm very familiar with them uh being there in Atlanta so I think it'll be a good matchup. Okay, yeah, I was I'm correct myself. I think I assume it looks like y'all y'all have them at home. Y'all do have them at home. So, yeah, they're playing in a they're playing in a classic here this year. We were supposed to play okay. there last year. Okay, I got you. Right. I got you. Uh I think um yeah, specifically, those are those are all the questions I I have, coach, on anything you just want to ask why I close, close things out when you're on the show? Well, I really appreciate, you know, it, it's pretty rewarding for, for me just to be talking with you again. You know, you were really faithful and, and giving us love and, and pub back when I was there in Georgia. And it's been, it's been gratifying to see, you know, Creekside continue to do well and, 
know, Shaquille sent his son Shakir there, and he was there for the oh, past couple of years. And so they made uh, they made the last couple of championships. And Shaquille's old high school coach is now the athletic director there in Creekside. And so it's been it's been rewarding to see that program continue to be uh, be a force in Georgia basketball. And if you know, personally, I'm, I'm biased, but I think if you're a, if you're a force in Atlanta, that means you could probably be you know, do pretty well almost anywhere in America because uh, I, I would put up Atlanta basketball up against anybody else. So I appreciate you uh, connecting with me again and, and staying tuned to what I'm doing and, and for our relationship over the years. Yeah, I appreciate that, Coach. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for, for those words. And I wish you and the guys um, as, as a, a, a healthy season and a successful season and a full season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're working for the Atlanta Journal Constitution and you're working for TNT, don't don't forget the little folks. <laughs> We're good catching up with you, Coach. Thanks for coming on the show, and um, I'll be talking in the future, I'm sure. All right, thank you, man. Thank you. Have a good one. Well, folks, that's all for this edition of the All Basketball Podcast. Once again, I'd like to thank Bob Jones University basketball coach Uwaro for joining me on another ep- preview episode. Subscribe, folks, please, on all your podcast, on your listening platforms. Subscribe wherever you for the All Basketball Podcast on those platforms. Once again, I'm your host, Maurice Dixon, and until next time, peace and be blessed in Jesus' name.